Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we talk about DFS strategy, whatever you want. We go over yesterday's slate, take a look through our results DB, uh, talk a little bit about maybe today's slate, show, show off some tools, lineup HQ, and uh, answer your, your, your strategy questions. As always, if you're here, you're the priority. I know people listen on the podcast version, and they're like, sometimes you don't talk about the things that I want to talk about. It's like, well, they got to show up. You got to show up and give me those thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs ups and downs. It doesn't matter. Up. Should be up. But if you want to give me some downs, fine. Give me some downs. I don't care. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit Just take your mouse and just hit, every, hit everywhere. Doesn't really matter. Uh, but I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Edward Brown, Suki Singh, Doug Montgomery, Daniel Hutchins, Eric Hilpold, Sterling Woods, Anthony Golden, Bills fan, 2281. I see Baker Helton. I've been listening to your podcast in the theory of DFS. I played DFS for two years and realized I've been playing wrong the whole time. And I've had much more success since taking a game theory approach. Well, that's good. Hopefully you're not in my context, right? I'm teaching you how to play well and then just stay out of my context, right? <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's take a look at yesterday's slate, and then we'll then we'll go through the YouTube chat. You can always post whatever questions you want. I'll get to them at some point. Uh, yesterday, I played six lineups yesterday. I've, I've been scaling back my MLB play, not playing 100 lineups or whatever. The, these contests, they're, they're like once the super knuckleball and DK is over, like the, these payout structures are going to, they're going to keep 50,000 up top, and then they're just going to just make it so that, you know, it's all steak knives from there. So, so I've been playing more of the, the smaller field stuff, 121, the 250, the $88 one, you know, just like, like six lineups and then yeah, that's it. My six best choices and then go from there. Uh, yesterday, my pitching pool was in the six lineups were basically Cole Scherzer and Ryan. And that's about it, right? I'd side like two Cole Scherzer lineups with cheaper guys and then Ryan with one of the two before. Kind of a little tilting. Scherzer, 76 pitches after six innings and Dave Roberts takes them out. It takes him out, 29.7. Then Gratterall comes in and gives him two runs and Scherzer doesn't even get the win. What's up with that? He put nine strikeouts, six innings, and he comes out of the game at 676 pitches. Would have been much, I would have made more money. I don't think I would have won the 250, but uh, I would have made more money. I would probably, it probably cost me, probably cost me five, 600 bucks. Uh, not having the win and not having the extra inning or whatever, another strikeout or two or something. But uh, but the Joe Ryan pitched okay. I know he gave, he gave up a three-run home run to uh to Schwindel, I believe he could have done better, but still for for he was five thousand, so twelve point eight five for five thousand ain't that bad, especially when Rodon nineteen, Gausman eighteen, Sale bombed, Mats didn't get there, Caprellian got killed, Freed did well against the Dodgers, but barely anyone played him. Coar did did well, and no one barely anyone played him. Uh, Justin Steele, right for very similar like five k level price, no one played that, no one played him. Uh. But I mean, the, the chalk bats were the ones that failed. I mean, yesterday in my lineups, I played combination of Oakland, Cleveland, uh, Kansas City, and, and the Dodgers against Max Fried. Uh, and it turns out the Dodgers that I played with, the, the, not the, oh, Muncie and Barnes hit a home run. Oh, okay. The ones that I don't, right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, but the, and, the, and Detroit, and I played uh, two Detroit stacks and they, they did well. Oakland did okay. Right, depending on who I mean, Chapman didn't. Chapman ruined that 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 lineup that I had him in. But I mean, like the Twins were chalky, the White Sox were chalky, the Yankees. Right, we take a look at Buxton. Right, twenty seven percent owned, zero. So I'm I'm just gonna x that guy out. I'm playing six lineups, small field. It's gonna be even more owned than the smaller field stuff. So it's like get rid of it. Lewis Robert, I knew he was gonna be owned. So it's like, yeah, these are gonna be the popular stacks. I'm not gonna use these guys as one offs. And then we have the Yankees. Higashioka, Judge, who hit a home run, but he was. Pretty much, and Voight, Voight did okay. I mean, no one really put up a, a ceiling, ceiling score. I think maybe Harry, you needed like Harold Castro in your uh, in your uh, Detroit stacks or Vasquez at catcher in order to have like a big payday or something. I think that the winning lineup has both, right? Jay Blake, the King, 1% on Vasquez, 22 points, 2.75% Harold Castro with 26, right? This is a nice Detroit five-man stack. With uh, Vasquez Devers from Boston, 5-2-1, and Judge's home run over there. We could see uh, Joe Cali over here. Another Detroit stack, 
Cole Scherzer, right? You just pay up twice. Whistles go woo. Very similar. Boston, Detroit, 4-4 lineup. Which, I mean, did you need Hunter Red from? No. You just, as long as you had Castro, Vasquez, and the Scherzer Cole, and Badu, maybe. Yeah, and you got there, right? Miggy, 21. Take a look at Piano Club. It's very similar, right? This is what this is what my lineup would kind of look like, other than it wasn't Barnes. It was like you know, I had Eric Haas there, right? So instead of playing Grossman, and I play Goodrum in the shortstop spot, and then end up end up with you know like uh, AJ Pollock or something, right? So you're playing a Detroit Dodgers five three with Cole and Scherzer in there, but a lot of Chuck failed. But then and I I tend to do better on on slates where the Chuck fails, and 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 it did. Right, Eloy put up two, right? The, the the Blue Jays didn't get there. I mean, Semyon did, but that's about it. Even a lot of the A's didn't get there. I mean, I I, I had uh, you know Matt Chapman and uh, uh, Elvis Andrews, Sean Murphy had a zero. So I mean, the Royals weren't that bad. The the the, the Indians were were much lower owned than I thought they would be. Ramirez, Ramirez, right? 8% Jose Ramirez, right? I had Harold Ramirez also. I actually had Zimmer, Zimmer 8%, Fran Mill, Reyes 4%. I thought they would be higher. I would have played, I only had six lineups. So to say I would have played more of them is because I don't know, an extra lineup or something. But pretty much that's what that was my thought process of who, who's the chalk? Okay, Minnesota the, the, and Chicago White Sox and maybe the, the Blue Jays and the Yankees. It's like, can I make lineups without those teams? And then there I did. I didn't make those lineups. But you see across the board from a pitching perspective, if you weren't on Joe Ryan, I don't know what you were missing out on. I mean, Squirrel Patrol probably, you know, played less of him on purpose and played more of Cole. We take a look, Rodon. Yeah, I, I get you playing Rodon instead of those two. I get, but I mean, he projected much worse than them. Just avoiding these landmines. Josh Donaldson, right? The twins, the twins just died, right? That's why what Coar Coar had a good game, right? Polanco zero. I understand a lot of sharp players were on sale, thinking that he'd get over like eighty pitches. Actually, you know, he's going to be under owned. I think twelve percent for sale was under owned. Turns out he didn't, he didn't even have a good game, right? But I, I get I get the reason behind it. If I was playing in my six lineups, if I was playing more chalky bats, I would have played Sale instead of Cole or Scherzer. But since I was already like, well, I'm not playing Twins. I'm not playing White Sox. I'm not playing Blue Jays. I'm not playing Yankees. Like, why aren't I just playing the, the, the top projected pitchers? But that's the reason why I didn't play Sale. But if you were playing a Yankee five-man stack or a Twins five-man stack, instead of playing Cole Ryan or something like that, you, they, you, you, you play Sale or at least Rodon. But Rodon was 23% off. Got to get different somewhere else. Gabriel Lazaro in the chat says, Mad Max had tightness in his thigh. Thigh tightness? What the hell does that mean? How you tighten the thigh? But I, uh, from what I read, he had tightness in the first inning. I mean, he still pitched six innings and got nine strikeouts. So how tight could it have been? Go out there, throw another inning. It's Dave Roberts. I mean, that, that's, why, that's why you tilt, because who knows the reason why? Dave Roberts, oh, 76 pitch. Oh, okay. We're just going to take him out. They almost lost the game. Gabriel Lazaro says it's been a month since I cashed in. So what? That's a month. Oh my God. It's been 30 days since you had a big score. Oh my God. Dude, you go months. Are you kidding me? Baker Helton asks, how concerned should I be about stacking within the batting order? Often the optimizer will spill, spill, spit out one, five, eight, obviously two, four, two, three, four is more correlative. Is this a huge deal? I feel like I'm losing EV. No, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. And if you want two, three, four, then tell it that you want two, three, four. The optimizer is not going to tell you what to do. You tell it what to do. All the batters on a team are correlated to each other. 
the batters that are closer together have slightly more, slightly more correlation, slightly. But one five eight, all those, all three of those batters are correlated to each other. You get a positive boost, no matter what what order they're in, how much of a gap there is. Do I prioritize based on do I want two, three, four? Not at all. I do not care. I don't. I, I don't think about it at all. It isn't worth doing so. Now, if there's given, oh, I could I could do two, three, four in the same way that I could do one five eight. You know, probably two, three, four is slightly, slightly, slightly better. If you're able to, sure, but it's not anything that I would prioritize whatsoever. I don't think of it. I don't, I don't, I don't even, when I build lineups and lineup HQ, I don't even think of it at all. Right. You take a look at the, remember the Braves today. They're just like, well, uh, could I play Solaire, Riley, and Adrianza? Yeah, why not? No, I want to play the all close to each other. Yes, there's some small, correlation between when they're closer together but there's more bigger correlation of them just being on the same team we've seen we see tons of times peterson hit gets a hit solaire gets a double right freeman gets a gets a, a base hit riley strikes out and darno hits a home run and then they go through and then riley's over five it's like the braves put up 13 runs and riley's sitting there with like nothing right so the order, the order doesn't matter that much. If, they, if they, I tell you the Braves put up 12 runs today, you'll you'll take five. It doesn't matter. Give me five of those batters, right? They put up 12 runs. Most likely five of those batters, if you chose five out of the eight, you're going to do pretty well. Bobby Gunn, I know this is a baseball show. Well, no, this is a DFS show. It's not necessarily a baseball show. Would you be able to go over the concepts of stacking in NFL and maybe some differences between that and MLB? Well, in NFL, I mean, you're stacking, you're primarily stacking teams and games. So if we want to go, do we do we even have, do we have uh, NFL up? DraftKings NFL? Let's see. Like I said, like I always say, if you show up to YouTube in the morning, I answer your questions. So if, it, if we're not talking about baseball today, then we're not talking about baseball because someone's here and they're asking questions. Perfectly fine. Okay, no, we have this in here. Okay. Do we have the, the, I don't even know if the blitz is ready. Obviously the correlation between, the, the biggest correlation is quarterback and pass catches. So when the quarterback throws the ball, someone catches it, right? Someone throws a touchdown. Who gets the touchdown? The quarterback gets a passing touchdown and the wide receivers get a passing touchdown. Right? They, their performances are correlated to one another. So the bare basic stack in, we take, uh, take any team. What are we going to take? Take a team with a, a stationary quarterback. What, like Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's good. You're going to play Matt Ryan. Then you're going to look at... Uh, of all so that would be a stack matt ryan calvin ridley that's a, just a simple quarterback to wide receiver correlation now you're trying to beat out like a, a lot of teams a lot of lineups so you want you want these players to put up ceiling scores so if matt ryan is the highest scoring quarterback for the week it's more likely that calvin ridley has a ton of points right at 7900 but Ryan's probably passed for 350 plus yards. So maybe Kyle Pitts at 4,400. He, he has a touchdown. Ridley has two touchdowns. So this would be, this is what I could call a three-man stack. Right? Ryan plus Ridley plus Pitts. I mean, this could also be the four-man stack would be Ridley Gage and Pitts. But I mean, they, the Falcons would have to put up a lot of points for for the ceilings to be hit on three different pass catchers. Maybe on smaller slates, you would do something like this. I mean, you can. Just understand that the win condition of this lineup for all three receivers to hit ceilings. We're talking about, when I say ceiling in NFL, we're talking about like 100 yards and a touchdown, okay? So what is the likelihood of three wide receivers on the same team getting 100 yards and a touchdown? Maybe two, 
Okay, two may be doable. Maybe not three. It could happen. But so if you want Ryan Ridley Gage and not Pitts, that's fine. That's a three-man stack. So you could do Ryan Ridley Pitts. You could not have Ridley there. You could do Gage and Pitts if you want. Okay? So that would be a that would be a team-based stack. Okay. Now, what's also correlated to this stack is the other side of the game. Because basically you you want to you want a game to be sped up. A lot of passing, a lot of big plays. The bigger the plays that there are, that means the time on the clock doesn't move as fast, right? And the other team gets the ball back. And they're behind. Right? So Atlanta's facing Philadelphia. So you look on the other side of the game and you go, let me take a, a receiver on the other side of the game. Maybe I take Devonta Smith. Right? So this would be like a game stack, a three plus one, a three-man Ryan to Ridley and Pitts and Devonta Smith running it back. So that kind of would be a, that would be a stack. That would be something that I'd be using. Now you could have two receivers coming back. You could have a, you could have played Miles Sanders as a right. You could do this, uh, but obviously there's negative correlation between teammates. Because even in the stack of Ryan Ridley and Pitts, like if Ridley Ridley has a touchdown, Kyle Pitts doesn't. That's why you need the Falcons to put up a lot of points. So this is primarily how you'd be building your lines. You go, okay, I'm going to target a game. I'm going to take the quarterback, two pass catchers, and something from the other side to run it back. So this would be a core piece of your of your lineup. Now, what you could do now, and then you fill out your lineup any way you want. You could do that, or you could add secondary correlations. Okay, so let's say we already have this in. I'm not saying this is a good line. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even in NFL mode. To, I don't even know what the hell is going. On. I mean, look, Travis Fulgham is not even on the team anymore. So now let's say we're going to, now we're going to have to fill out, let's say uh, we have these slots left, running back, running back, wide receiver, flex, DST. Like, okay, so let's take a look at a running back that maybe we want to play. Okay. We take a look. I mean, I don't know how much salary we have left. 5,400. Can we afford, can we afford these people? I don't know. Let's say, let's say we want to play Calvin, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, right? There we go. Okay. Dalvin Cook has a, has a big game. Three touchdowns and, you know, 100 and 100, right? A huge game. Well, let's see who's on Cincinnati. So now we go to the other side of the game and we take a receiver from the other side. Maybe take Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, right? We take T. Higgins and that fills this other wide receiver slot. So you have the first correlation, the primary stack, Ryan Ridley Pitts with Devonta Smith as the run back. Then you have Dalvin Cook, T. Higgins. Okay. You could also do an art running back defensive correlation. It's not a prior. None of these correlations other than the primary with the quarterback are, are necessary. You don't want to, if you want to play Dalvin cook without a Cincinnati Bengal, that's perfectly fine. I'm just saying you can build this way. You get slightly more positive correlation. If there was a choice, if you're playing Dalvin cook and you had a choice between, I need to find a $4,700 wide receiver. You'd rather, and, and you have like six guys to choose from. Well, by default, you should choose someone from the opposite side of the game. So now we're going to take a look at, a, at another running back that we could play, probably a cheap one. And we're going to fit this in. Let's see. Do we have any cheap, cheap, good projected running back? Let's see. Chase Edmonds. Do we play Chase Edmonds at 4,600? Antonio Gibson. Maybe we do. Can we, can we, can we salary-wise? Okay, so we play Antonio Gibson, and then maybe we play the the the, the Redskins or whatever, the Washington football team, whatever they're called. Right? There you go. Washington football team defense. Gibson and Washington defense, that's correlated. And then you're just filling out who's the best $4,300 $4, player from there. Let's see. Who would that be? Marcus Callaway. Was at 3,400 and you leave the money on the table. So there you go. That's how kind of how you would build a lineup. So that would be lineup construction. 
Do you have to do running back DST? No, you don't. Do you have to do a secondary correlation? No, you don't. You don't have to. The same way, the same way in MLB. Well, I'm going to do a 5-3. Well, you could still do five-man and three-one-offs, right? You could do 4-3-1, right? There are lineups that work that way also. You're probably not doing one 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 right? Just like in NFL. You're probably not, oh, I'm going to play Matt Ryan standalone with no Falcons. Wife. Like, I mean, I guess that could win, but it's probably negative EV. I could do it as a single stack and just go Ryan Ridley and no run back. Yeah, you could do that. You want to add more correlation to your lineup. You'd be adding. The more important thing is to add it from, from the primary stack perspective. So if you were playing Cincinnati, right? What's Cincinnati going to do? You want to play Joe Burrow. Play Joe Burrow. Let's go to Flex. Maybe playing Higgins and Jamar Chase, right? Then who's on the other side of the game? Minnesota is on the other side of the game. Maybe playing Justin Jefferson or, or Thielen or Cook, right? Play Thielen. Maybe play Jefferson, right? Once you have this, like if you just feel like, don't worry about, you don't have to worry about any of the secondary correlations if you don't want to. Don't force it in if it, if it, if it doesn't work for you. So you take a look at this. This would be the primary stack. This is the most important part of your lineup. Well, I got to play a running back and a tight end together now. You, know, you don't have to. If it works out that way, sure. Right? You're looking at, uh, if I'm looking at running backs, let's see. Let's look at some running backs. Probably cheap. Let's see. Like if you could play Austin Eckler, right? I want to play Austin Eckler. Then go, well, what's the Washington tight end? What is it, Logan Thomas? Is, is he still on the team? Like, do you have to play Logan Thomas here? No, you don't. Well, I want to play on the other side of Eckler. You, you could, but let's go to tight end. There you go. Well, I mean, you could play Tyler Croft. I mean, you could play a one-off. You could if you want. But if given, if given the choice, like, look, Logan Thomas, look in this range of projection. Logan Thomas, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. Now, Logan Thomas projects slightly worse than Pitts and Hawkinson. So if you want to take the extra two points, right, in projection, you go, oh, I'm just going to play Hawkinson here. Who cares that it's not, it's not correlated with someone else? It doesn't matter. It's higher projected. That's fine. But if you have $4,600 left and you're like, okay, I, well, I, I don't mind. And then Logan Thomas is going to be 2% owned versus Pitts being... 18% owned. Well, maybe it's worth it to get sacrifice the two points of projection. And on top of it, you have a player that's correlated to the other side of a game, right? It's a small correlation. It's not something you prioritize. But if you can get it, you can get it. You take it. The main thing that you should be worried about is this, is the beginning, the primary portion of your line. The quarterback is the linchpin of whatever stack you're playing. Now, there are cases, obviously, with rushing quarterbacks that you don't necessarily have to stack as much. The Jalen Hurts, the Kyler Murrays, the Lamar Jacksons. Get a little bit more leeway there. Guys like, like Matt Ryan, like he, he ain't rushing. His ceiling is going to come through 400 yards and five touchdowns. So th those, those yards and touchdowns are going somewhere. So having them in your lineup. This, this would be the, the, the NFL type of lineup construction. And we do, we, we had a webinar yesterday. We had an NFL, we had a show yesterday, right? About a new newbie, a newbie how to play NFL DFS show. You probably check that out. I mean, with tons of videos. Roto Academy. I mean, this is kind of bare basic stuff. And it's also stuff that I'll be covering on the DFS pregame show. You know, I mean, it'll be on all the NFL shows anyway. Especially when it comes to correlations that led the advanced sports analytics show that I'll be doing with the uh, Stuart Gibson and Brandon Adams on Fridays. There'll be a lot of just, just lineup construction, just stuff like this. So I would definitely suggest that you check it out.
Pete Boz asks, are you doing the sweat show again this season? I haven't done I didn't do the sweat show last year. That was only two years ago. So no. Sundays I'm off from shows. So like no. So Sundays are turn on red zone and and just watch football. Keith Klein, what would be the best strategy for the three-game afternoon slate on DK? Probably to play plus EV line. Gabriel Lazaro is stacking against the chalk pitcher better than taking a pitcher against the chalk lineup. I, it feels like I just answered this yesterday. Feels like I just answered this yesterday. So it's almost like people don't watch the shows. If you watch yesterday's show, but what? How about this? Go to yesterday's show, and you'll see, you'll you'll find the answer. I'm not going to spend ten minutes like I did yesterday. Same exact thing. Uh, Alex Hooper, you've talked about how wild you get an NFL showdown to be unique. I have five to 10 tickets in the Thursday Millie. What are some examples of wired, wild constructions that you favor? I mean, it, it could be, it depends on the teams. I don't know who's playing. I don't even know. What is it? Dallas, Dallas, Tampa Bay. Is that, the, is that the game? You get, you get much more wild in that game. Let's see. Let's go to NFL. If it's Tampa Bay, it's, you have a lot more options. Do we, have, do we have the showdown up? Let's see. Let's see. Do we have, do we have, oh yeah, we do. Oh, Dallas, Tampa Bay. Okay. Yeah, you, there's going to be a lot more constructions that you can make for Dallas versus Minnesota. Like the teams matter. We only, only because the, the Buccaneers have like 7,000 people to throw the ball to, right? Tom Brady spreads the ball around. So we go here. Let's see. All right, we just take a look by team. I mean, you got you got multiple tight ends. You got multiple running backs. Wide receivers. But none, maybe none of them get there, right? Because it's all spread out. Dallas is a little bit more concentrated. Although you got multiple, I mean, you got Cooper, Gallup, Lamb. I mean, obviously, the, the, the lineups that are most owned tend to be quarterback captains or running back captains. Like Zeke, like Zeke will be popular captain, I, I would think, and the, and the quarterbacks. The weird lineups, the weird lineups are ones that don't necessarily... Uh, people play less of because it's less correlated. It's the opposite of what you think you should do. So for instance, one of the most common things that you do in NFL showdown is if you're playing a, a wide receiver captain, like you play their quarterback, because obviously if the wide receiver gets a ceiling, the quarterback probably did well. But one way to get different is play a wide receiver captain without the quarterback. That's a way to get different. Play two running backs from the same team together. Right? Play Fournette and Ronald Jones. Most people will just play one. Play defense in the captain. Now, on a high-scoring game. Like, this, what's the total in this game? 50, 51 and a half? That's what it looks like. More lineups are going to look like shootout lineups. So you play the lineup as if the game's going to be 13 to 10. But this game has so many more. I mean, you don't have to get that. You don't even have to get that weird. There's just so many options, especially in the, the Buccaneers. But me, I'd be, I'd be playing, you know, any of the Cowboys wide receiver captains with, with Dak and then without Zeke. You could play, you could play literally anyone in the Buccaneers captain. Like Rob Gradkowski, who knows? But, I mean, this is a bad example because Tampa Bay is just a, you know, like Indianapolis, there's another team, 8 million options. You have to get really weird on the slates where it's like the Vikings versus the, the who's a very condensed team. Vikings versus even Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has three guys in the wide receiver. Like, but, but the, two teams like the Vikings. Vikings, Vikings, uh, Titans. Like that game, that game you, you'd have probably have to get really weird. Right, because the Vikings pretty much it's 
Cook, Thielen, Jefferson. And on the Titans, it's it's going to be Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. It's like it's kind of the subsidiary parts don't do that much on average. So all that ownership is going to get condensed into like six to eight people. But the other people that aren't those people have projections of like ones and twos. So how do you get different? Well, that those are the those are the when you're playing two two running backs together. You're playing the backup, right? You're playing Darrington Evans with Henry because he's only like eight hundred, and you just maybe the, the garbage time or on a third down or something. Who knows? And most people won't play both of them together. They'll play one or the other. So to me, those are the lineups that I'd be looking for. Most of the time in showdown, I do not play quarterback captains because they're over. Most of that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean there aren't plus EV quarterback captain lineups, but there's much less of there's much less of them compared to what uh, the field will play. And I'm much more likely to play RB two captains, tight end captains, wide receiver three captains, because the field doesn't play them as much. But it really depends on the slate. Like I said, this Tampa Bay slate is just there's so many options. So many options on the Buccaneers, especially. Bobby Gunn, do you use groups while building with the optimizer for NFL? Of course you do. I feel like you do it a lot more than MLB, but what are some examples of the reasons you use groups in NFL? Typically for those runbacks. I mean, we have... Let's see, where's NFL? We have to go to the regular slate. Let's go to the regular slate. I mean, we have a stack finder. We have a stacked tool, right? So I use quick stacks. So like primary stacks, for instance. Like I showed you before, I want a quarterback, two pass catchers, wide receivers at tight ends, and I want to run it back with someone from the other team. So this is three plus one. Okay, now this will run it back with whatever. Like I put 100% of my lines, whatever. Now, sometimes it depends on like, if I'm going to, it's going to, it's going to put together quarterback one and two wide receivers or tight ends. But most likely I want the wide receiver one, right? We took a look at that example before with the, the Falcons. Like, do I want, let's go to the Falcons. I don't know why we're using them as an example. Like, do I want it to give me Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus as the two wide receivers? No. Basically, I, I want Ridley as one of them. Basically, I'm saying I want Ridley, Gage, Kyle Pitts. Mike, I don't even get the running backs then. Okay? So maybe I don't want, let's give an example. Maybe I don't want Gage Pitts. Like, if I'm going to play Matt Ryan, I want to make sure that Ridley is in every lineup that has Matt Ryan. In. So that's, even though I set the stacks as, give me a three plus one, it could make a gauge pitch lineup. I want to make sure that it's either Ridley gauge, Ridley pits. So then I go into player groups and that's what I'd set. If Matt Ryan is in the lineup, Ridley, 1-1, one, one. right? That's what that's saying. Use Matt Ryan as a conditional player. Players to use, use exactly one player. Minimum one, maximum one. Calvin Ridley. So any stack that it makes with the Falcons, it'll use Calvin Ridley plus Gage, plus Pitts, plus whatever. And you could do that for any team. Maybe there's a, there's a player that you don't want to use as a one-off, for instance. Let's say I'm making a whole bunch of stuff, right? I'm making, you know, stacks of, you know, half the teams in the, in the, on the slate. Let's say, let's go to another team. Let's say I'm making uh, whatever. Uh, let's go to a team that, uh, I don't know, Carolina. Does that work? Well, maybe not. The Giants. Is there anyone that I, I don't know, just going through. Indianapolis, maybe, maybe they have a bunch of people. 
right? Maybe maybe I'm I'm going through here and it's like uh, I'm I'm building whatever. Who's Wentz is starting for the for the Colts? So I got maybe I maybe I don't mind Pascal as part of my Indianapolis stacks, right? We have Carson Wentz. We got Jack Doyle. We got some tight ends here. We got Paris Campbell and Pittman. It's like, okay, I don't mind Pittman, Campbell, Wentz as a stack. I don't mind Pittman, Pascal. I don't mind Campbell, Pascal. But I don't want Pascal to be a one-off in some lineup that is just a Colts one-off $3,700. Right? So what I could do for that, I could go into player groups, and I could set Pascal as a conditional player and put Wentz there. Min one, max one. So anytime Pascal is used, Wentz has to be in the lineup, which basically means he has to be part of the stack. So we're not going to see a lineup with, you know, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Pascal. Basically outside of whatever. But now let's say, okay, you don't mind Pascal as a run back. Let's say you're playing Seattle stacks, right? So you're playing Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson type of lineup. You don't mind Pascal being the run back right? Because you're going to play three plus one, right? So the run back, if you're playing Wentz plus Pittman plus Pascal, you'd have DK Metcalf in that lineup. You'd have Lockett in that lineup. But let's say you're also, you're also building in lineup HQ, you're building Seattle stacks and you don't mind Pascal as a one-off. Well, if you set this group like this, you don't mind Pascal as a run back, but well, Wentz isn't going to be the quarterback in that line. It would be Russell Wilson in that line. So if you leave just like this, Pascal can never be used as a run back in a Russell Wilson Seattle stack. Well, now he can if I just put in the other quarterback as well, Russell Wilson. So I build these types of groups. Players that don't have very high ceilings, but I don't mind them in a correlative manner in the side of a stack, either as a run back or part of the stack. And I go, okay, who are those types of players that I want to put in there? Well, there's Zach Pascal. And then there's also times where it's like, I want to make sure that the wide receiver went Devontae, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, with, with, in a two-man Packers stack without Devontae Adams. Probably not. Probably want to make sure that if I have Rodgers in the lineup, I have Adams in the lineup. The second guy could be whoever. But probably the first guy is going to be Adams. So you could use the groups to do that. Didn't think we'd talk about NFL. Really, I, I really didn't. I didn't think we'd talk about NFL so soon. So it's, it's a week away, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat? I mean, we're already, we're already, we're way off on tangents for NFL. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm going to assume anything that I just answered right now about NFL, I'm going to answer at least 47 more times by the end of the month. So once NFL starts, then then we it's gonna be the same questions. Even though you could you could you could watch the shows. Let me get rid of this. Get rid of that. I thought we were gonna talk about MLB. I'm like, okay, we could play some MLB today. It's gonna be McClanahan, Carrasco. Yeah, they'll, 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 I was on the morning grind. You could tune in to the morning grind podcast with Stevie. I was on. This morning, where we recorded it last night, but it's released in the morning. Pitching's horrible. <laughs> Carrasco projects well in the bat, though. This is going to be the chalkiest pitcher. Maybe I play, play the Marlins against him. Right, McClanahan, the Red Sox against McClanahan or something. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, they don't that, this ownership looks pretty good. I think Tucson's going to be a little bit more owned. I think people are going to play him even against the Rockies. Bobby Gunn, will he be doing the show every day during the NFL or once a week? No, this is on every day. Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern. This is the DFS pregame show. So whatever the hell's going on. Tomorrow, I'll probably be showing off a little bit of MMA stuff because I play MMA. It could be baseball. It could be football. It could be uh, NBA will be back. I mean, obviously, in the middle of July, there's nothing else other than baseball. So that what else would we be talking about? Now that NFL is back, maybe we talk NFL. But it's all from a strategy perspective. 
It's like Ozzy asking how many Bronco stacks really have in the $9 slant. I don't know. I will not know until Sunday morning of that slate. If you're building lineups now for next Sunday, I don't know why. I, I, I don't even, I don't even understand people that build lineups Friday, Friday. I don't even understand that Saturday night. Yes, I could see Saturday night. I get it. you're going to build Saturday night for Sunday morning. That's fine. Cause pretty much all the information is done. And you, you have to look out for the Adam Schefter tweets at midnight. That's about it. But all the information from the, from the practice reports and the, the injury report updates and everything should be in by then. You're building lineups on Wednesday. I don't see what, why you have plenty of time. You're going to get more information. Jolly S, what do you think about the Detroit lineup today? What am I supposed to think about? Who's in the Detroit lineup? Badouche, Cascope, Grossman, Candelario, Haas, Castro, Goodrum, Castro, Reyes. I don't understand. I don't understand the question. What am I supposed to think about? I don't know. What am I supposed to? I don't know. They're baseball players. Can someone explain to me what I'm supposed to think about a, 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 a lineup? I don't get it. Uh, Ozzy says, didn't you love Bronco stacks last season? No, I didn't love Bronco. I don't, I don't love Bronco stacks at all. I like building plus EV lineups. That's it. If it happened to be Bronco stacks and so be it. But Locke and Hamler, they were always cheap last year, right? Hamler was cheap. Judy would tended to be cheap, right? They're all were like 4K. They typically projected not that bad. And Drew Locke obviously has upside, but he also has an immense downside. But it depends on the pricing. It depends on the slate. <sighs> Alex Santi says, I was supposed to preview pitching today at Fangraphs. I'm postponing tomorrow because he hates the slate. When Carlos Carrasco is going to be chalk, that means, that means the slate's pretty bad. We have to pay 10.1K for Shane McClanahan. What is, what is this? I mean, you're going to get so many Braves. The Braves are the Braves are just underpriced. How many zeros do I have to put in to, to like get this? Minor, Carrasco, and then all the Braves, basically Braves. Basically all cores. That's it. The optimal is all cores. One, two, three, four, five, and then Joe, Story, and Rogers. Got Adrian's in there. Play minor in Carrasco. I mean, I'm not going to play this lineup. <laughs> look how look how I own this. This I'm not I'm not going to play this at all. Let's let's run through. Let's 100 lineups. Let's see number of units. Just put it down to two. Do 100, a thousand. That seems pretty good. Let's put the hitter max at whatever, 30. Put it at 25. 25 and. 50. You want to do anything else? Oh, and, and stacks. Okay. We do 5, 3, 5x, 4, 4. Just to take a look. Just do a nice, nice even, even amount. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And primary stack percentage, just, just nothing more than 20. Just, just to, just to run out some lineups. Let's even make 100. 150. There we go. Just to see what shows up. Let's see. Let's see what happens for tonight's slate. You could do this yourself. This is research. Use lineup HQ as a research tool. I'm just a broad base. Just, just give me a bunch. <laughs> give me a bunch of lineups, but just not the same lineup a million times or just one v ones. Just to see what shows up. I'm because if I didn't set the 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 cap on like Atlanta and Colorado, you get them in every line. Doesn't mean you should be playing them. Let's see what happens. 150 lineups, all different types. Of, I mean, it's a five game slate. I don't have to stack five, man. I mean, you could, you could play three threes. You could, you could, I mean, you could play any construction you want. The smaller the slate is. I'm still more likely since I'm playing smaller field contests, more likely to play a 5-3 or a 4-4. Just to get two things right, and, and, and that's it. And the pitchers, obviously. 
Paul Adair asks, on average, how long do you think you spend in HQ before an NFL slate? An hour? That's it? About an hour? I guess about an hour. Depends on how many lineups and what types of contests I'm playing. Like most of the time, I'm only using lineup HQ to build my large field lineups. So I can't see spending more than an hour. If you're spending more than an hour, I don't know what you're doing. A lot of times I will build on Saturday night. If there's like nothing expected to come out on Sunday morning, that is going to mean anything. But I could do it Sunday morning. It's just, it's a matter of like in the morning, I'm, I'm more tired. I'm more, I'm not a, as much of a morning person in my, as I am a night person. That's the only difference. But like, I will not even touch lineup HQ till Saturday night. I mean, till Saturday at minimum. It's still an hour. How, how much, how much time do you need? to build GPP lineups. And I'm building a lot and I'm typically building 150 to 200 lineups. You're building 20 lineups? How, many, how much time do you need? Let's see what shows up here. Yeah, we get, yeah, of course. Braves, Braves, Rockies. I don't want Braves, Rockies. Okay, so I'm going to look at this now, okay? We got 150 lineups and it's like, I don't want, look, look at this. I don't want Braves, Braves. Yeah, we're going to get Braves, Colorado, Braves. What is the ownership of all these lineups that are currently? 286? Let's get to the Pirates, Colorado, Colorado stack, Braves. It's going to be so many Braves. Colorado, Braves, 341. I don't want that. I don't want these high old lineups. Okay, here, here we go. 234. We have to find a place where we're just going to like cut it off. 234, maybe 227. This is still Braves. Still Keegan Thompson, Mitch Keller. Oh. Yeah, I guess you get lower owned pitchers. Two twenty seven. Let's 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 cut it down. Let's let's cut it down to two hundred. Screw it. We're, we're going contrarian. We want contrarian. Okay. So I look, cut it down to two hundred. Now let's build, and maybe not a hundred. Let's build a hundred lineups. Now let's see what comes out. So we're kind of getting rid of a lot of those Atlanta, Colorado lineups. Maybe we don't want to play. Yeah, they're highly projected, sure, but they're also going to be the most owned. Ozzy asks, have you ever won a GPP with a player you've never heard of? Yes, I, I've never heard of most of the players. <laughs> I remember the first game, the first slate of the NMLB season where Akil Badu hit a home run and I didn't even know who the guy was. And he turns out he was in two of my lineups. <laughs> that happens all the time. NFL, I barely know who's on what team now. I mean, I will know a week from now, sure. But I don't keep up with it. I don't have no idea. Julio Jones is on the Titans. I think that's all I know. The Giants have a bunch. Galladay, he's on the Giants, right? Now, there's some injuries. J.K. Dobbins is out for the season. I know. I mean, I follow him on Twitter or something. Okay. We still get Colorado Braves lineups, even at 198. Riley, Adrianza, Duval. Maybe that's why, because we're not playing like Freeman or whatever. Okay, we're still getting that. Okay, let's look at the stack summary. So it's like Colorado, Atlanta, oh, we're still getting tons of it. So maybe, maybe we don't play, these are four plus hitter stacks, five hitter stacks, Colorado and Atlanta. Like, it's like so many of these lineups. So let's say we don't play any of these lineups. Okay, so I'm gonna delete them. Delete all lineups below, there we go. Oh, it deleted everything. Well, that didn't that that didn't work the way I wanted it to work. <laughs> Whoops! I guess I need to. I, I guess I need to put in some feedback to, to, to the lineup HQ team. I only wanted to delete the lineups that were the Colorado stacks. We have to build them again. We built the whole thing again. Oh, maybe okay. This is fast. What does it remember? Maybe it remembers. Okay. Let's go. Let's go back to the stack summary. So we're not going to play Colorado stacks. Now I got to do it individually. Okay, get rid of the Colorado stacks. Get rid of the Atlanta stacks. Four plus hitter stacks. Get rid of all these. Okay. Now, now we got one. Okay, let's look at Colorado here. What's wrong with the Colorado? Colorado four mans. Get rid of that. 
We don't mind anything else. Okay, so now we got Cleveland, the Mets, the Royals, the Cubs. We've got 49 lineups. So, okay, so let's say, for instance, I'm showing you like how you could use lineup HQ to let's say you wanted to build four lineups, just four. That's it. And you wanted to have four different five man, like maybe you wanted to have five man stacks of the Mets, the Indians, the Royals, and the, and the Pirates, or something like that, a four man stack. Okay. So now you're going to take a look at Cleveland. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the differences between these two numbers. Okay. So 106, 33, 191. This is 105, 68, 198. So this is a higher owned lineup, but a lower projection. So I don't want it. So I'm going to look. I'm like, okay, as long if this number goes down, because remember, we're sorting by fantasy points. So as this goes down, this ownership should also go down. So 157 is here. This is 180. So why would I want to play a higher owned lineup that projects for a half a point lower? I wouldn't, right? 157 to 155. Am I going to sacrifice almost four points for only two percentage points in ownership? No. To get rid of that, right? This is high. Look, 194, and it's what four or five points lower projected. So I don't want it, right? This is I'm giving up way too much. Like I want to see maybe a hundred percent, if anything. Like these are too high owned for their projection. Too high owned for their projection. Too high owned for 113. I mean, you're giving up a lot of a lot of projection for that. So maybe you don't want to play any of these lineups underneath here, right? just too low too low projected all right these are all the cleveland lineups okay so we got two of them to choose from one that's higher owned but higher projected and one they don't look all that different from each other hedges crone start basically which which you switch which switch out this is a four-man stack this is a four three one this is a five-man okay so you have the cleveland lineups Let's say you want to play a, a Kansas City lineup. You're going to do the same thing for the Royals. Okay, you got 175 up here. You got 180 down here. No, you don't want that. 186, too high, too high, too high. 156, but look how much points you're giving up. Nope, don't want that. Still giving up way too much points, too much ownership. So no, no, now we're getting down too far. So we're going to get rid of all these Royals lineups. You got your one Royals lineup here. Now we got the Mets. I'm going to do the same exact thing. 188 to 187. It's 183. It's 181. It's 179. It's 171. You're giving up way too much here for that. 150. 165. No good. 153. And now we're getting way too low. Okay, we'll get rid of these. We've got a couple of Mets lineups here. Got some Pittsburgh lineups because we're down to 16 lineups total now. Now we got Pittsburgh, 100, 190, 100, 183, 87. Okay, we don't want that. Let's see, what else we got? We got Cubs, got a Cubs lineup, 173, 191. Okay, we're not going to take that one. Got a Tampa Bay lineup here. Is that going to be worth it? Not at 91 points, no. Boston. 91. No, that's too too low. Now we're down to 12 lineups. Then we want to curl cur curtail the Mets. 188. You're giving up one and a half points and you're barely getting any difference in ownership. So now get rid of that. 188 to 183 with a two and a half point difference. Nope. Nope. Not, you're not getting enough ownership drop. Like you're give, sacrificing two and a half points, but you're not really not really getting that much ownership difference. Here, maybe. It's even that is not, rather not play that. Okay. So now we're down to seven lineups. Okay. We got a Cubs lineup, a Mets lineup. You go here. You look. It's like, I don't mind playing the Braves in this type of lineup. Sure. Now look at these in comparison. Now, 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 188, 191. Okay. That's not bad. 157 at 103. 175 at 102, maybe not 173 at 100. So maybe maybe not this lineup, maybe not the Cubs lineup. 190, right? 183 is down here. 
Okay. Do we have four lineups? Yeah. Now we got four. We got four lineups. There you go. By cutting out, we cut out the chalk. We set an ownership cap. We build all different types. Now you could run this. Obviously, there are one v ones and two v twos, and I mean you could be a little bit more detailed than this. But I'm just showing the process in general. It's like oh, I'm looking to build four lineups. I'm making the strategic decision of not playing a, a brave stack, not playing a Colorado stack. Still doesn't mean you can't play those. I mean, look, look at the one-offs in those lines. You, you're going to be able to play them. And I want to get a high enough projection for low enough ownership. And there you go. Here's your, here's your minor Carrasco, Eduardo Rodrigo's Carrasco. You're playing Carrasco in all your lineups. And maybe if you don't want to play Carrasco in all four of your lineups, you're like, I'll play three Carrasco lineups and one whatever. Well, then you'd go and you'd find a lineup that's, you know, the highest non-Carrasco lineup that meets some type of ownership projection range. And you find that. You can do this iteration a bunch of times. Maybe, maybe you want to, maybe you want to look at the brave stacks that have like contrarian pitchers. And maybe you want to play a lineup like that. But if you see here, I chose four lineups without looking at like, I'm not choosing the players. Right, just it's Owen Miller, Ramirez, Ramirez, Reyes, Hedges. Well, why'd you pick Owen Willer? Because he's on the Indians and he fits in a stack. End of story. Done. You're done. Gavel down. You're done. Right, he's a Royals. He's a Royals Rockies lineup. Manuel Rivera. Why'd you play him? Because he's he's on the Royals and he fits in a third base spot. And a total projection is one hundred two point seven nine. There you go. That's that's all the reason I need. I don't know what this guy looks like. Who knows who Emmanuel Rivera looks like? Maybe his parents. That's about the only people that know what he looks like. I don't think I think you walk around in Kansas City and no one will notice who he is. But there, that's how you could use lineup HQ to choose lineups, even if you're not building a hundred or 150. Like I'm building three lineups. I'm building one lineup. You could do exactly what I just did. Compare lineups to one another, not players. And also, you obviously get updated ownership or whatever. I'm not, I'm not, do I agree with the ownership that's out now? No, not necessarily. We don't even have starting lineups, right? Guys could be out of the lineup. People could be moving around in the, in the, in the batting order. Projections will change, right? I mean, you'd be doing, the, you'd be doing this at like six o'clock at night, Eastern time, when you have more of the information. It's the same thing, like I said before, with the NFL. Why are you building lineups on Wednesday? No idea what the hell's going on. Isaac Gonzalez, what's your typical target projected ownership percentage in lineup HQ for MLB GPP? If you just looked at what I did, it depends on the slate and what the chalky lineups look like. I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to repeat this probably at least once a week. Now that NFL season is back, and obviously there are probably newer players that are here. Here's the two things, okay? When you're going to think of a question, you're going to go, I'm going to ask Jordan a question, okay? If it can be answered by yes and no, or it can be answered by an exact number, then it is a dumb question, okay? Once you understand that, if you could ask a question that that cannot be answered with yes or no, or it can't be answered with the exact number, then you're asking a good question, okay? So like, what's my typical target projected ownership percentage of lineups for MLB GPP? Can it be answered with a number? Yes, then it's a dumb question. Because there is no number. There's no number for it. Typical, what's typical? The size of the slate, the, the condensing of the ownership of it. We have two fifty-seven percent owned pitchers. So obviously that number is going to be much higher for the chalky lineup is going to be 280% owned, but on a 15 game slate, no lineup is going to be 280% total. owned, Right. So getting contrarian on, on a, on a, you know, like, like, look on the, the build rules where I'm like, okay, I cut it off at 200 on a 15 game slate. I'm never cutting it off at 200, I'm cutting it off at like 120, probably something like that. 200 is going to be the chalkiest lineup there is. That's why you go, that's why you're looking at the lineups. That's why you're using lineup HQ as a research tool. You're looking. What's the chalky lineup? Press the button. 305. There you go. That's way, way too much ownership for a large field GPP to be playing this type of lineup. 
right? And this is actually is a stat. This is a 5-3 Atlanta, Colorado. 305. So you're probably not playing a 305 lineup. It's probably probably not contrarian enough. It'd be the highest projected lineup, sure. You could just do that. But on another slate, we go to the early slate. Let's go to the early slate. Do the same exact thing. We have ownership here. We have ownership for the early slate. Okay. Let's take a look at what the, the bat optimal. 340. Okay. Right. Because we got 43% on this guy. Obviously, some of this up ownership isn't updated. Is Real Muto in the lineup? Who knows? We got two 70% on pitchers. So once you remove one of the 70% on pitchers, you drop your ownership. McCutcheon, 52% on. Harrison, 41% on. Right, so you're probably not playing lineups that are 340. Can you find lineups that are under 200? Maybe you don't even have to have a lineup that's under 200. But on a 15-game slate, you're never going to see these numbers. This number for the optimal is going to be like 148, right? Like something like that. 162. So you have to see for the individual slate what that line is for you. And there is, is there an exact line? No. I just estimated it. I just scrolled down. I said, give me lineups. And I kept on going. I see Atlanta, Colorado. Scroll, 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 scroll. And I get to a lineup where it's like, okay, I think that's enough. And whatever the ownership of that lineup is, and okay, I don't want anything higher than that. There you go. But you have to do that for the individual slate. Josh Shocks asks, is there a way to set a minimum points projection for lineup like you can with maximum ownership for lineup. No, you can't. I have I have that requested. I've been asking for that for a while. Meaning that you could go in and you could set minimum, this is the minimum fantasy points player threshold, right? I don't want any player in my lineup that's projected for less than five points. I want a minimum as in, I don't want any lineup that projects less than 90 points total, right? So you don't get those 83, you get, you don't get, you remove some of the clumping at the bottom. Yes, I, I've, I've, I've asked for that. Not considered, obviously not considered a priority. Also, they're working on NFL stuff. Maybe by next year, next, next MLB season, maybe. But yes, that would be helpful. So you could kind of weed out the bottom lineups. It'll help it not clump as much. So yes, I, I understand the reason that's, that, that, that would be useful. Okie doke. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. On your way out the door. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs to the side. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got the Grinders Live coming up later today on the YouTube channel. Uh, crunch time for premium members. And uh, and I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's casual Friday. Right. And this show is guided by you, as you see here. We talked that we talked baseball. We did do some baseball, talked some NFL. I'll probably answer the same question, types of questions next week the same way. Uh, so I would say I would just watch past shows, right? Just watch the past shows. If if you're new to the concepts, such as you know, lineups, not players, you could always get the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. But it's me, James McCool. Teach you how to think like a professional DFS player. Has everything, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, and psychology. It's the entire game theory of DFS. It applies to any sport. And I think that you listen to these 15 hours and you go back to it. People will listen to this multiple times. You'll become a better DFS player. And you'll see how Oh, it's not about picking players at all. It's like, it has nothing to do. Who, who do you think is going to do best? I have no idea. I don't concern myself with that. That's what the projections are for. My goal is to build plus EV lineups. How do you build plus EV lineups? Well, that's what you learn how to do. In the theory of daily fantasy sports, go to theoryofdfs.com and pick it up. Uh, but uh, I'll, until, until tomorrow, tomorrow's casual Friday. I'll see you then. Because I'm here answering your questions, as always, Mondays through Fridays, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the DFS pregame show. 
on rotogrinders.com.